Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of The Movies, a self-explanatory podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the newest Amazon spy drama directed by Jonas Metz called All the Old Knives. It stars Chris Pine, Thandi Newton, Lawrence Fishburne, and Jonathan Price, and takes place in this California beachside town where Chris Pine plays Henry Pelham. He's a CIA operative who works out of Vienna, but he's in California to wrap up some old haunts. Primarily this case eight years prior that resulted you know, in complete and utter failure. It's the blackest mark on his division's, uh, division's record. And once the... Once Langley has basically found the guy who did it, the guy who did it says, hey, I had help from the inside. And now Henry is tasked with figuring out who, you know, who's the mole, who's the person inside that you know, gave information to this guy. And he's tasked with kind of interviewing everybody from his division, including ex-lover Celia Favreau. Used to be Harrison, but now it's Favreau. Uh, played by Thandi Newton. So that's why he goes all the way from Vienna to California. And once he meets her in this restaurant, there's a lot of old shit that brews up. All of this uh, kind of like trauma and all of this chaos of the past and all of the yearning and the longing comes back. And yeah, that's kind of how the movie rolls. Uh, Originally, what strikes me about this thing is the cinematography. And I believe as I scroll back to I Am the Ba, that is... Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, this is written by Olin Steinhauer, who wrote the novel that this is based off. So he's doing kind of double duty as the novel writer and the screenwriter. But what I really wanted to say was uh, the cinematography is the thing that struck me. It's uh, done by Charlotte Bruce Christensen, and she worked on Fences. That was kind of the thing I know her. Uh, Fences, Quiet Place, Girl on the Train. And what struck me about it was, first off, the opening of the movie has Chris Pine driving this convertible up you know, this seaside road. And it looks fucking pristine. It almost looks like a travel commercial. Like, it's slightly sat, it's saturated. It's super glossy. And I'm watching this almost expecting like a Pierce Brosnan era Bond movie. And when we get to the restaurant that Henry's going to meet Celia and talk with her at, this has this... I guess this modern architecture, there's a ton of glass all around the restaurant, just like open uh, like windows, no real walls to hide in. You know, this beautiful sunset view where just light comes pouring into this restaurant. And it, again, it's glossy, it's slick. It makes for some really neat production design. And... At first, I think they're playing a little bit. Uh, I think Metz and Christensen are playing with a little bit of genre. You know, this is a 
I read a couple pages of the book. I looked at the movie, and it felt like this is somebody who's definitely dabbled, who's definitely gone into the spy genre enough that he's playing with it in a little bit with form. Uh, Chris Pine will walk into the restaurant, and he's got that sort of suave, debonair energy of a James Bond. But uh, one of my favorite things is, like, they'll make little jokes, really little subtle jokes uh, that if you're expecting a kind of James Bond movie, you're not going to get it because that's not what this movie is. And it's also not the kind of uh, gritty, down-to-street-level uh, stuff of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. This is not a spy thriller. This isn't something that's really pulse-pounding. This is more of a mystery. This is more of a drama. It's not even really focused on the who done it, but rather the why done it. And the drama is what we're getting into. So once we see Thandie Newton walk in, and the movie intercuts the opening credits, which is her going on her daily, you know, day-to-day walk. We get this... Uh, I get this view of this incredibly affluent California town. She's like going grocery shopping and taking her kids to dance lessons. And very much this is not the lady that at first glance you expect to be have been associated with the CIA. This is just a good way to establish who she is. She comes off as sort of like a quiet, really reserved lady. But of course, whenever she sees uh, Chris Pine when they're in this restaurant, it's almost like they have like a time flashback and nothing, you know, has really changed, even though everything has changed literally for them. And she's just got these piercing eyes, man, that just, I don't know what it is. Like, it's really hard not to fall in love with Chris Pine and Thandie Newton because their eyes will just pierce through your fucking soul. And, uh, again, both people are gorgeous. It's really nice to have uh, to have really gorgeous people to look at in a movie. But, you know, then they start, you know, the very thinly veiled ruse of like, hey, I just wanted to catch up, immediately goes into, all right, we got to talk about this thing that we both hate, like the worst day of our professional lives, let's talk about it. And so we have these jumps, these flashbacks from different perspectives and different points in time to kind of create the sort of um, context and emotional knowledge that I need in order to understand where these characters are at this point. And I've seen a handful of reviews that say, like, the jumping between perspectives is confusing. I liken it to something more that they did in Shang-Chi, where the flashbacks came at the moment the emotion came. There's an emotion that I need to understand. Here's a quick snippet of that context that comes in. And suddenly I understand the character a little bit better. And I don't know how I'd convey that information in a better, more, uh, I guess, emotionally resonant way than at that moment. It does feel like these are sort of slightly intrusive, like they're triggered, just uh, memories coming from the point of view of our characters. So because of that... 
it doesn't feel as smooth a transition. It just feels like it jumps in. You know, whenever Chris Pine is looking at the back of Fandy Newton's neck, immediately there's a cut and it's them in bed like eight years prior. You know, that kind of immediate, you know, emotional trigger, like, you know, when you have a core memory with somebody that's they'll like maybe turn their head or they'll do something a different way. And then suddenly you'll be immediately back in that moment. It's like when you smell something and it takes you back to your childhood, that kind of approach is, I think, what uh, Metz is going for. I mentioned Christensen before with the cinematography. Something that I thought would be really unfortunately easy to do is kind of make a flat-looking movie. It's a movie that, I guess this takes place in February 2020, The Stuff at the Restaurant. And it's just pre-COVID. I don't know if this was filmed during COVID or not. It is one of those movies that feels a bit limited by its scopes. You only have a handful of locations. Like, there's a bunch of restaurants. There's an office building. There's, um, you know, it, it seems like there's just a lot of people sitting down and talking. And so, at a certain point, the lighting can become kind of flat. But what I love what Christensen does is uh, she adds... Along with the production design team, I'm going to look up who's in charge of that here real quick. But along with the production design uh, led by Marcus Rowland, they're able to add these accents that help distinguish uh, an otherwise neutral color palette. You know, these are a bunch of whites and grays and browns and slight golds. But uh, Chris Pine will be in the bathroom kind of prepping himself for this uh, interrogation and the mirrors next to the mirrors are going to be like these bright blue neon um, hexagonal patterns that are kind of accenting the thing. Chris Pine will look at it, immediately get a memory flashback because that's the way his brain's triggered and that's the way the movie works. But it's stuff like these little textures. I love uh, the way the wood pops out. I especially love this scene there's a shot whenever uh, Chris Pine is going to visit Jonathan Price, who was one of the old bosses. I think his name's Bill Compton. Uh, he's Celia's boss. He's going to interrogate Bill in London. And, you know, Jonathan Price is feeling a little bit of pressure after the interview. So it's this shot of him in the middle of the street underneath an arched uh, walkway. And to the left of it, about like 60% of the frame is just the building, the restaurant or the pub that they were in at. And Jonathan Price is very small in the frame. There's that curved archway. And then there's this like incandescent light that pops up from the right hand side. And I can't explain to you what is so just warm and appealing about that shot to me. But uh, it's one of those images that I just can't really get out of my head the composition is such that i'm like oh jonathan price is small and he doesn't take up that much of the frame and so this curved walkway is kind of like this safety net but it's a very vulnerable safety net so as he's feeling pressure from these interrogations that's kind of where he goes to hide for like a small moment of time and i don't know i just like the way that Christensen lights this thing 
a bunch of different sources of light. Just it never gets dull. And I just kind of love all of the, I guess, craft around the production design and the cinematography in this. That it's able to make spaces that really shouldn't have a lot of drama or really shouldn't have that much uh, striking visual appeal have that striking visual appeal. It really just kind of elevates the drama from something that could so easily just be people talking, you get bored because there's a lot of exposition, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I also think the thing that helps with this is just Chris Pine, Dandy Newton, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and even Jonathan Price, like they're able to just deliver such strong performances, lived in performances. There are a couple lines in here that, you know, are kind of cheesy. Like uh, Celia will say something like, This ain't Vienna anymore. Or the one that gets me is Chris Pine. He's finished talking to her for a while and he goes, Okay, you've convinced me. She goes, yeah, Of what? That you're very convincing. And I feel like if that weren't Chris Pine and Thandi Newton, I'd be laughing my ass off because that's like me going, uh, my wife's like, hey, babe, have you decided what you wanted for dinner? He goes, I've decided. Uh, On what? I've decided to make a decision. Like, that's the same kind of like, okay, I I think I understood what Chris Pine is going for when he says you're very convincing, but it's just such a silly, like, non-line it it shouldn't mean any i think it's supposed to mean something but it doesn't really mean anything but because it's chris pine and because he's giving it his all you know he's solid in this man this is a dude like i said he's debonair a little bit of james bond but at the same time he's vulnerable as hell and so whenever we start whenever i start realizing what's really going on and when the shit is starting to hit the fan uh, chris pine's just kind of breaking my heart a little bit and this is a movie that isn't gonna you know result in like a criminal minds or a 24-esque finale this is something that honestly ends on a little bit of a bummer but at that point because i'm invested in celia and henry and because i like these people and i in my heart of hearts like that sort of unrequited, not really unrequited, it's like that yearning for the past love is there, then yeah, I kind of want them to succeed and I want them to win. And that's why whenever, you know, things start getting a little bummy near the end, that makes me, you know, want to, I don't know, it makes me feel things. And I like feeling things in movies like this. Um... I mean, as a spy movie does, it's one of those films that will show you something and then later, maybe like between 20 minutes later or an hour and a half later, you'll understand what that first thing meant. It's a movie that rewards, I think, a second viewing. Although I kind of (laughs) wish, and I don't really know who's in charge of this one, I wish there were some reveals or there were some inserts that were kind of left out i wish there was a little bit just a tad bit more for the audience to figure out on their own because there are some things that are like that some reveals that work but then some others 
are immediately given an insert shot to kind of like remind me of what happened an hour ago when it was already in my head. I don't think it was quite needed. But again, maybe that's just the back and forth of editing and dealing with a studio and, you know, you have to compromise, you know. But overall, I did really find myself digging this thing, man. I really do think it's just the combination of the cast and the cinematography and the production design that elevates this over a sort of like run-of-the-mill spy thing. You know, it's not one of these... uh, It's kind of unfortunate that it's dropping on Amazon like in the middle of April because I really do think it's solid. It might have... This feels like something I would have watched in September and we might have had like variety go like oh our first look at like oscar contender chris pine or thandy newton you know i feel it it might not have gotten that much traction just because it's sort of a low-key story and it's not really uh like the thriller aspect of it is not as much there but i thought it was well constructed i enjoyed my time with the characters if you're a fan of the spy genre i feel like this is a good you know type of film that you don't see often it's not your bonds it's not your kingsman it's not your ticket with soldier spies it's something slightly different and if you're a spy genre fan i think this would be a little bit of a breath of fresh air for you especially with just the way it's constructed so yeah i'd recommend all the old knives it's uh hour 41 so it's like a solid solid film that's 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 what I'm going to say on this one. It's a really solid flick. I don't think it's going to get the play that it should. It might end up being a little bit underrated this year, but if you end up catching it, well, I guess you'll be one of the lucky ones. I fear it's going to get overshadowed by a lot of flashier films, especially the stuff in theaters like Ambulance or Everything Everywhere All at Once or The Batman or X or stuff like that. But again, if you're a fan of just this sort of... You want your spy movie with a little bit of drama, with a little bit of romance, with a little bit of emotional, like, hurt, then, yeah, this is a good movie for you. But that's it for me. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of The Movies. If you want to talk to me about the film or if you want to just talk to me in general, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at TheMovies underscore pod. I'm available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and those are places where you can leave a review of the podcast I would greatly appreciate it if you would do that. You know how algorithms work. The more ratings there are, the more Apple sees that people like it or that people are listening and promotes it, and then it's just a self-perpetuating cycle. You know, It's kind of like when you strap a side of butter side toast to the back of a cat and then you drop it on the floor and then it creates this battery that will eventually create nuclear power. I don't know if y'all have seen that video, but it's kind of amazing. There's that. Uh, And I wanted to take this time to promote that I was a guest on the Piecing It Together podcast. I was talking Morbius with my buddy David Rosen. So whenever that episode comes out, I'm going to put it in the show notes for this episode. So hopefully by the time this publishes, uh, the Morbius episode is up on his end. If not, I'll update it later. But yeah, go take a listen to that. David's a great great guy. Had a lot of fun with him. And yeah, thank you very much again for listening. And until next time, y'all take care.
Thank you.